support for the Bronx Bomber Babble podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Really happy to be working with such a great company who have really revolutionized the shaving below the waist game. Guys, we've all been there. Shaving down low has always been a pain, but not anymore with the new Manscaped 3.0 lawnmower. I got mine and wow, I've never felt better down there. It's a waterproof razor so you could use it in the shower. And it also has an LED flashlight, which really is a game changer because it gives you a great view at what you're shaving and it helps you avoid those annoying nicks and cuts. Manscaped is an amazing company and we want you to try it. Now you can get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code BABBLE at checkout. So visit manscaped.com and get 20% off your order plus free shipping when you use the code BABBLE. That's B-A-B-B-L-E, BABBLE. Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. And we are live for the 94th episode of the Bronx Bomber Babble podcast. I'm your host, Matt Loves Luigi. Uh, well, that's a lie, not Les Luigi. Uh, we got Andrew and G on the pod tonight. Uh, what's going on, G? What's up, man? Not too bad. Yankees are winning games. They did not win today, but we have been winning games, and that's a good thing. So, not doing too bad. Yep. Last time we caught up with you guys a little over a week ago, we were one game into what eventually became a three-game sweep of the Miami Marlins. The Yankees just gone out and acquired Joey Gallo, Anthony Rizzo, Andrew Heaney at the trade deadline. Since we, we last recorded, Yankees took two more series, taking two out of three against Baltimore, three out of four against Seattle, closing the gap on basically everyone in front of us in the standings. Obviously lost ground on essentially everyone today. Toronto won, Tampa won, Oakland won, and the Yankees fell in the series finale against Seattle, but all in all, it was a really good week dealt with more adversity, which we'll get into. We had some, some really encouraging signs as well. And then obviously a big glaring issue that has been a burden the entire year, but let's just kick it off with the, the Baltimore series right out the shoot. The Yankees were, were dealt the blow that guess what? Garrett Cole is going on the COVID IL. That sucked. Yankees. And also, they're basically, for large portions of this year, second most reliable starter, Jordan Montgomery, is on the COVID IL, too. So. Yep, yep. Just after that, we heard Monty's COVID positive as well. Yankees started off this series with one of the, one of the most ugly games we've seen all year, uh, losing 7-1 to, to Baltimore. Uh, obviously, Sunday's game against Seattle was equally ugly for more or less the same reason, but the Yankees went 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position on, on Thursday, lost the game 7-1. to 1. Didn't really get a good opportunity to do much at all. Andrew Heaney made his first Yankee start, gave up, I believe, four solo home runs. Yankees did, yeah. like I said, had four opportunities, 11 and pass runners in scoring position, didn't score, but it's just, those games are far too common this year, and it sucks, but it's not even new at this point. No, definitely not. And I mentioned was, over 11 was... with runners in scoring position. 
that's the same figure the Yankees put up on Sunday, getting shut out by the Seattle Mariners. So, that, all in in that the game against Baltimore in in a first half plus now of ugly, uninspiring, terrible, boring, whatever games that was that's a contender for like worst or one of the worst and just in terms of like quality like you can play well and lose or you can you know do what they've done a couple times which is like you know play well and then blow it in the ninth inning that was just like all together like from the jump they just played like absolute shit that game game when we found out that cole was gonna miss the start basically thinking well that's it right cole's out we built some momentum winning three against the marlins and then they 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 shit their pants what they did last night. Lo and behold, the Yankees offense exploded on Tuesday night and Luis Hill made his major league debut and was dynamite. Absolutely. And um, I was a little annoyed because they did it again today. You know, he keeps on getting designated as like the COVID replacement, which is sad and unfortunate for its own thing. But, you know, he goes right back down to AAA. You know, I don't know, Andrew Haney and whatever else, right? At some point, you know, we could talk about today but like he pitched so well you know that at some point you just have to let him come up here and just keep pitching but like that was that's a hugely encouraging sign because he had not been pitching well his last start uh, before he got called up the first time was like really bad so yeah and i think the yankees are, are gonna hold that hope that that either cole or montgomery if not both can be back by next week uh, off the COVID IL, the way Heels looked in two starts, 11 shutout innings, you have to think that he he's earned himself another start regardless of if those guys are back or not. But I, I guess we'll see. Obviously, we got we to gotta roll with Heaney because we just went out and got him, and he's a veteran with no options. Uh, Jameson Tyone has been arguably our best pitcher for the last month, month and a half, so he's not going anywhere. And then you have Domingo Herman who's on the IL, so who knows when he's going to be back. But that still leaves the fifth spot in the rotation, right? So are you going to give it to Cortez? Are you going to move him to the bullpen? It's a good problem to have, to have too many starters. But ultimately, it's still a problem, right? But but let's quickly just cover the the games this week. Tuesday and Thursday, Tuesday and Wednesday, excuse me, the Yankees' offense exploded, albeit against some, some pretty garbage Baltimore pitching. And then they, they made some really, really bad plays on the field as well, like dropping pop-ups, miscommunication on, on a fly ball where the center fielder and the right fielder are looking at each other and the ball drops between the two of them. Just mm-hmm. ugly baseball, but that's why they're in last place and that's why they're a poverty franchise, right? Now, are they going to be good down the road when all these kids mature? Maybe, but right no. now this is who they are and the Yankees took advantage to their credit. But outside of that, the Yankees struggled to score in all four games against Seattle. Thank God they were able to take three out of those four games, but... The, the Monday loss to Baltimore plus all four games against Seattle. So you take out the two games where they put up double digits this week. They went six for 55 with the runners in scoring position, which is a 109 <laughs> batting average. Left a total of 48 men on base. That's egregious. That's just so, so abysmal. Like you're not asking for them to bat 300, you know, to be like the best team in the league. You just need to be like average. You need to be like a replacement level team with runners in scoring position and you would have a few more wins, comfortably a few more wins, like a meaningful amount in the playoff race, amount of wins, you'd be a better team if you were just like average with runners in scoring position this year. 
it really, really is so, so infuriating because we know what they're capable of. They went out and they added two bats. At this point, it's now one one bat because found out today Anthony Rizzo also tested positive. And oh, by the way, I forgot to mention Gary Sanchez tested positive for COVID nineteen a few days ago as well. So we're down four big guys, two pitchers, two hitters. I get that they're not at full strength, but they've had opportunities aplenty, and they still have a lot of their big hitters in the lineup. DJ LeMahieu has has really been a disappointment this year. Aaron Judge, his numbers look good, but whenever he comes up in those spots, you're not as comfortable and confident as you should be from a guy who's arguably your best hitter and right in the middle of your order. John Carlos Stanton, his numbers look okay, but he doesn't really have a great track record of coming through with some hits. He had a big game-tying single on Friday night. He doesn't have a lot in his four years in pinstripes. And then there's really not much else in in the bottom of the order when you have guys like Higgy or Tyler Wade or Jonathan (laughs) Davis or Brett Gardner. Yeah, it's tough to get production when those guys occupy a third, if not four-ninths of your your starting lineup, right? So – I get they're not a full strength, but leaving as many men in scoring position as they are over and over and over again, is just so tiresome. And if they even came through in a couple more of those moments sporadically, you put, if you give, give the Yankees three more wins, so I don't even care about the ones where they had the bullpen implosions. Those games are awful and disgusting. We're never going to talk about them again, but they happened. But games that were winnable, if they just got one or two hits, like a single with the bases loaded in the sixth inning of a tie game, right? You give the Yankees three of those wins over the course of where they're at right now in the season, I think about 100, 110 games in. They're ahead of Boston. Right now, they're two and a half games back. Three three wins, they'd be ahead of Boston, and they'd be the number one wild card team right now. That's That's how close it is, and it really is so frustrating that a couple of clutch hits is the difference between them being on the outs right now and then being in the driver's seat for at least a playoff spot. Which, like, we don't need to, like, you know, totally recap the, you know, failures and, the, you know, just aggravating, just bad baseball that they played. But, like, runners in scoring position, the amount of times they got thrown out on the bases or thrown out at home plate. Like, you know, it's it's really great that, you know, Rizzo and Gallo have come in and seem to spark, you know, a little bit of, like, a run that they're making. That's good. And I think, you know, it seems like, you know, the odds are getting better and i'd feel comfortable saying they're probably going to make the playoffs but like you know you can't just like forgive that or forget it really like they played really shitty quality baseball for the first like 95 games of the season like yeah and, and i hate the analogy but going out and getting guys like gallon rizzo it's putting lipstick on a pig right that that's where they are i mean they're nice cosmetically like, but it obviously hasn't fixed the systemic issue that this team is dealing with. And it's coming through in the biggest of spots, right? Either in tie games, down one, up one to extend the lead and prevent the the late inning collapses, whatever it may be. There's been plenty of opportunities for the Yankees to pick up what should be easy wins and just pure futility at the plate has led to these losses like we saw on Sunday. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll say this, you know, that, it's not really 
we we haven't yet gotten to see i'm not sure if we will you know because of covid and because of injuries and because of whatever right you haven't seen like the lineup yet and just when you thought right just when you thought we were going to see it right be like oh rizzo and gallo come over Gio goes on the il gary gets covid um now rizzo's on the covid il like you know you haven't yet seen Glamour the torres got hurt today who the hell knows yeah, what's going to go on like, with him not, i mean he stinks i mean yeah so yeah Glaber torres got hurt today um, so you haven't seen the lineup yet. Who knows what that'll look like? You know, you've kind of seen the top four or five in the in the lineup. You know, they're not going to change. Um, you know, DJ and Gallo and Judge and Stanton um, and Rizzo when he's healthy. Gary would be right behind those guys. Like, you're starting to get, like, a deep lineup of guys you can put together at bats, but it's just not, you know, it's not there right now because of the injuries and because of the COVID. And, um all that is not to explain it away, right? You still need, like, for the guys that you do have, there's still plenty accomplished, plenty good hitters that you'd think, given the amount of opportunities, right, you think with, like, 11 or the one day they went two for 15, you'd be like, well, they're getting a lot of opportunities with men on base. You think one fucking guy would get a hit at some point, but they just, they just never do. They, it's it's impressive. They literally just they just yeah. never do. It's it's impressively bad at this point. I think the Yankees had at least a runner on first and then a runner on second in five of the first six innings today, and then they kind of stalled out in the the seventh and eighth before putting the tying run at at the plate and Aaron Judge in the ninth. So the opportunities were there over and over and over and over again, and a lot of times it was with. No outs. So you can even score with two outs if you're if they're ground ball the opposite side of the field or, or a deep fly ball, right? And they didn't even do that. They didn't even need a hit, and you could have scored runs in some of those spots. But Seattle tried to give us the game today, tried to hand us a sweep. Yeah, didn't, didn't we didn't take it. <laughs> they didn't want it. They, they said that. They just returned that shit right to Sunder, man. It's... If you if you, and if the Yankees end up missing the playoffs by one or two games, you're gonna look at stuff like this and say they 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 blew their chance, right? Because it's one thing if you're a bad team, you go out, you're you're lacking on pitching like the Yankees certainly are, right? Three of our five starters in the last two weeks went down. That could be an excuse to just pack it up and be like, well, we don't have pitching, and whatever. Right? You go out, you give up five or six runs every game, and just non-competitive games. That's fine. That's not the case. The pitching especially to the bullpen's credit, has been holding down. You have guys like Stephen Ridings coming up and giving us huge innings. Luis Seal, we mentioned, gave you two shutout starts back-to-back. Pitching's been keeping us in these games. The offense is doing nothing like, to put away some of these games. Against all odds, really, the pitching has been keeping them in these games. I mean, I have no business doing that. Like, mm-hmm. and um... To go 13 or 11 innings on, on Friday night in a, in a bullpen game, where no one pitched more than an inning and two thirds, and yelled Seattle to two runs over eleven innings. That was an incredibly impressive game. And even today, you had Heel go five shutout, and then I forget who pitched like, the seventh inning. It, they looked, in they a looked, game, maybe Wandy Peralta, and then Litke gave it up in the in the eighth. Yeah, he did. But like games like. You know, for a injury-ravaged team 
that's down starters, that's down whatever else, right? They go out there with the bullpen game. Worst case scenario happens, the bullpen game goes to extra innings. You, you know, shot your whole payload, and then you come out the next day and somehow, like, win the fucking game again. Right, and... so now you're playing with house money, right? So they shouldn't have, probably shouldn't have won on Friday. They probably shouldn't have won on, on Saturday but they were able to pull those out. And I don't want to discredit the Yankees winning eight of their last 10 games with half a squad. Like that's been awesome. But when you had a chance to put away a a four game sweep and keep the pressure on Tampa and Oakland and Boston and Toronto, and you go out and you get shut out at home, six hits. On the day where like a legitimately good pitching performance. from Yeah. It's, it's, it's frustrating, but, Let's look at it, right? Because Tampa, Toronto, the Yankees, and Oakland are all eight and two in their last ten games. Everyone's playing it well. The Boston Red Sox are two and eight in their last ten games. I don't want to count out the Red Sox because this is what they do. They constantly look like they're on death's door, and then oh, surprise, they win. Like we saw that in the games that we should have won, right? The Yankees were in the driver's seat to put away those games, and oh, the Red Sox came back and won those games. What? They are in a bit of a spot. Yeah, and and you found out today that Kyle Schwartz had a setback in his injury recovery, but then they also got some good news on Chris Sale. So, and uh, JD it, Martinez is on COVID IL now too. So, it's very strange what's going on with them. I, I think this is the team that we expected them to be early in the year, but they proved this year that they that they, could, they they could score with the best of them. So. Maybe they'll they'll figure it out. I mean, they're still two and a half games better than us right now. I don't want to just say ah, Boston's going to collapse out of it, right? And we don't have to worry about them. It's going to be a battle between the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and, and the Athletics for the two wild card spots. I'm not ready to write that story yet because Boston's eliminated on the last day of the season when they're actually eliminated. And, and until that happens, I can't write them off. Yeah, I mean, yes, no, they're they're an annoyingly resilient team, and I think that's a credit to their manager, who is, um, you know, he's he's very in tune with the game, right? Alex Cora is is a very good manager, um, but like they they're struggling for sure, and like their starting pitching hasn't been good. Um, you know, the bullpen, you know, Matt Barnes, I think, was the one who gave it up the other day. Like, um, you had, you know, mentioned this or thought it out loud, right, that maybe their bullpen would be uh, primed for some sort of regression to the mean because they were all just, like, really fucking good in the first half. And I think it's, you know. And probably- I think uh, I, I, this is my tinfoil hat moment here, but I think part of that may have been a spider attack game just because, admittedly, they don't have the quality of arms that some other teams do, and they were performing – exceptionally well so were they just outperforming their their normal capabilities or were they taking advantage of major league baseball not policing illegal substances and now they're more effective than other teams who's to say yeah i mean you know every every team had to deal with that a little bit but like you know i don't know like the red sox are probably just like we didn't think they were going to be as good as they were and now they're not as good as they were you know, they're pl- not playing as good as they were. And, um, you know, they had built a cushion for themselves. It's, it's, it's slipping away now. But, like, you know, they can get back to playing good baseball. 
I'd make this a real playoff race. You know, they still got the leg up on the Yankees right now, but like they need to turn it around. And, you know, they had such high hopes for Schwarber because he was so electric right before he got hurt. And, you know, that help is not obviously on the horizon or less obviously on the horizon than it was. And J.D. Martinez now is, is gone for who knows how long, too. So, um, you know, I mean, we want them, you know, we don't want anyone to be hurt or whatever else, but, like, we want the Red Sox to keep playing poorly. So, you know, prayers up for that. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's such a bummer that the Yankees aren't going to have Anthony Rizzo for this series against the Red Sox coming up in, a, in about a week and a half. But but looking ahead but, in, in the immediate, we got on the bright side ish. Luke Voigt came back today, and that's a legitimately helpful thing. Yeah, if if you lose your starting first baseman, then you got to pull up some scrub, right? <laughs> your some, previous some, starting some, first some nobody. <laughs> like look when when the Yankees had Luke Voigt as their starting first baseman, and he went down the number of times he did, and they had to turn to guys like Gittens and Mike Ford. Like that's a huge drop off. Now you would think that. Luke Voigt can provide a decent amount of what Anthony Rizzo was giving us. Obviously, he looked way unprepared for the call up today, and maybe he just needs more seasoning. Maybe he needs more. He needed more time at AAA. Maybe he'll get there, but he looked awful today. But I don't want to make too much of that because it was just one game. It's kind yeah, of well, accentuated by the fact that everyone came up small in in the big moments, and maybe I unfairly put too much of that on him. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's gonna give you a better at bat than a Ford or Gittens or you know other warm body that they were running out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it's not uncommon, right? It's not it's not outrageous to be like, oh well, he looked like shit in his first game back. It happens. So, yeah. but just, I think in the context of the game itself, it was really bad. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the biggest concern with today is the injury to to Gleyber Torres because he had started to pick it up. He had that little homer spurt a couple weeks ago where he had, I think, like three home runs in a couple games. And he thought, yeah, oh, right. is he going to turn around? And to be honest, I, I just don't think that's who he is. But what I noticed in the past few days is that he's hitting the ball on a line a little a little more. He's not trying to just get everything up in the air like high arcing pop-ups or fly balls. And, yeah, if you hit the ball in the air at the short porch, maybe you can get some home runs. But I think Labor Torres is a much better hitter when he's giving you an extra base hit every day you know, going one for four with a double. Like, that that's what we need from someone like him, right? And now he had this this injury, and I don't want to speculate too much, but it looked very reminiscent to the injuries that we saw from Andrew Elton Simmons a few years ago and Mike Trout sliding back into second base, jamming your thumb. There's a ligament right there, same name as the ligament in your elbow, the ulnar collateral ligament, the UCL. Uh, obviously not as significant when you injure it and it requires surgery in your thumb wrist area, but at this late in the season, if, God forbid, that's the injury that the MRI reveals Glaber has, he's probably done with the year. So and, the Yankees don't have a shortstop then. And they're um, either going to have to turn to, to Gio when he's back or Tyler Wade is our everyday shortstop. And those scare me. And Boone did admit, you know, he did say, he goes, there, there is some concern um, regarding the injury situation. And I don't know what they would do. I mean, unless they have a... Uh, I don't know. Gallo played third base, right? <laughs> I, I think mean, that's the emergency case. It sucks because I mean, yeah, they have Odor playing out of position right now to cover for, for Geo. I mean, and yeah, it just really depends on what 
you know, if you can get everyone back healthy, then you might be able to fuck around with it and not have to run Tyler Wade out there every day. But like, that's, you know, it, it that's that's a whole other, you know, hope away basically that you just, um, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. But like, yeah, you definitely definitely concerned about that because um, he doesn't need to be hitting home runs, but he was starting to hit the ball you know, hit the opposite field, just hit line drives, right? Like, we've said it before, but no one in the minor leagues thought he was going to be a 30-home run guy anyway, and he did that, you know, because of whatever else. Maybe it was the juice ball or whatever, but, like, I feel like it screwed with his head. He was trying to be a home run hitter, but you can tell, you know, from the first half of the season versus the last little while, right, where he's, like, trying to crush the ball, he's off balance, he's falling out of his swing, and, he wasn't really doing that, and that really sucks on the timing. But, you know, timing has been, you know, a sick joke for the Yankees this year. It's It really is. It's comical how this could be as bad as it has, because the injuries aside, the fact that we have the invisible agent in, in COVID this year as well is, is just so awful, because the Yankees have dealt with injuries basically every year for the last five or six years at, at this magnitude. You could find a way around it. But if you take just the Yankees who are hurt right now, you know, including Aroldis Chapman, who we didn't even mention, and you give them all the guys back who are on the COVID aisle right now, that's serviceable. You you can get around that, right? So if you have Rizzo, you can move DJ to second, figure out Odor at third or Wade, whoever, and then when Gio comes back, put him at um, at shortstop. But you're down your starting catcher. You're down two of your three best pitchers, arguably. You're down your first baseman who just went out and acquired. And now my concern is how many more people are we going to see test positive, right? We were hoping that that Cole was an anomaly, but then Cole led to Montgomery, led to Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez, as the primary catcher, is around the entire pitching staff. Thank God we haven't had anyone else test positive yet, but sometimes there is a lag on this stuff between exposure when you actually can trigger a test. So, it, it you almost feel like a dark cloud's over. It's it's got to get worse before it gets better, and that sucks. And I hate every minute of this. And I don't know how they're going to continue to play at this level if things suddenly bottom out real soon. It's going to be depressing, frustrating, upsetting, everything. But yeah. I don't know. Let's try and look. Let's try and let's just try and hope and be be on the bright side about it. Um, you know, Voight came back today. That's good. That. Hopefully he'll start to get some better at bats. That'll be a shot in the arm, um, and possibly we talked about pitching already, but um, we had mentioned. I think we mentioned it. You know, we mentioned Hill. You know, Hill his two starts were incredible. Uh, uh, Ridings, you know, has has been awesome. You know, I don't know, dare I say, Batances esque in his first few appearances, and. Um, even down on the farm, part of history today, but Luis Severino made his second rehab start with the Somerset Patriots and <laughs> contributed to a combined no-hitter. So he could be, I think Meredith Morakovic or one of the reporters was saying, you know, it's getting to the point where, you know, it's one more start or he would make the start today and then they would decide if they wanted to just bring him up and, you know, keep stretching him out here with a big league club, which... You know, given the injuries, I could see them doing. Yeah, and for me, it's always going to be about the position players because I'm not concerned with 
the pitching depth or the our ability to get good innings, right? Because you have guys like Severino coming back. Eventually, you're going to have a guy like Corey Kluber coming back. I wasn't even really that concerned with Aroldis Chapman going down with, with elbow inflammation. And, and Boone said the MRI came back clean and he should be back within a week and a half's time, which is awesome news, right? Because if you get him healthy, maybe that's why he struggled his last time out because he was feeling it in his elbow, right? But we've seen Chapman when he's at his best. He's he's unhittable, right? So that's just another yeah. bullet in the chamber. The Yankees had tons of pitching depth. You have seven or eight starters right now and you only need four or five come playoff time. You got plenty of guys you can move to the bullpen. You can repurpose them as relievers, short inning guys. And then they have enough arms, you know, relievers who who can eat the middle innings and, and the end of games if they had a lead in a playoff scenario. Maybe not ridings. Maybe he needs to pitch for two months to earn that that spot. But certainly Chad Green, Jonathan Loazga, Zach Britton, right? So you have the depth there. It's going to be about, do they have enough offense? Can they stay healthy? Can they stay COVID free, right? If Glaber Torres goes down, that's I think that's the most irreplaceable position. Just I mean, you don't, have, you don't have another true shortstop, right? Now, was he playing at an elite level? Absolutely not. But if a guy like Stanton goes down, God forbid, right? And then you get Rizzo back, well, voice your DH. And can you get comparable production from one guy to the other? Probably. That's not gonna be a season ender, right? But losing your primary shortstop with no real good alternative is scary thought about it for a few minutes i probably would just if he's comfortable doing it have geo play shortstop most days and then just have odor play third base like yeah and he's learning that position on the job yeah like that's we didn't give him credit for that like you know he's looked mostly pretty okay over there so like what can you do but like that's it's just the way that the bullshit has broke for the yankees this year and um they have been on a pretty great run. Before today, they had won, um, you know, 20 of the last 28 games. And um, in spite of all that shit, right, all the shit we've been rambling about, all the injuries and the COVID and whatever else, um, they have been on a pretty great run. And, you know, like, a, you know, I do hope that Voight, since he's going to be playing every day for probably a week to 10 days at the very least, um, can give them a shot in the arm. And, you know, hit a few home runs. He said it himself. He goes, you know, he's ready to go because he's had so many days off this year. So, yeah, I think there was a um, good sound bite. I think it was Meredith who who asked the question. They're like, are you, are you ready to play every day? He's like, I've had like 100 off days this year. I don't need a day off. Yeah. Like, you know, I know the Yankees will give them, they'll do what they do and they'll rotate or whatever else. But, like, um, I don't know. I mean, for him, right? Like, it's a, this is kind of the time of the season where you really need to, string wins together so and they have to their credit for a while but everyone else we're we're in contention with is playing just as well outside of the red sox like i said oakland has won eight of their last 10 toronto's won eight of their last 10 we haven't really gained a bunch of ground on some of those other guys so yeah they just need to keep stringing these wins together keep winning series at the very least um but yeah, I mean it's hard. It's 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 a very strange time right now because there's a lot to feel good about, but it's just weird because if you're like, yeah, well they went out there and they won four, three out of four from the Mariners, and also, you know, you have guys like Rob Brantley and Brett Gardner, even though he had the walk off hit. It's gonna sound like I'm shitting on Brett Gardner because it's what I do, but like, 
you know, it's like year four in a row of Gardner playing way more than he ever thought or should have been playing. Um, and God bless him, you know, he's he's hitting like 195. It sucks for that man, you know, but like it is what it is. He's just not a very good hitter right now. Tyler Wade, you know, like all these guys are in the lineup every day. Higashioka's, you know, fine, but like all these guys just rotating your bottom like three or four spots in the order. And in spite of all that shit, they're winning series. And um, I don't know, we're just at the point where you just have to hope that they keep playing well and can ride it out until some guys start to come back. Yeah, unfortunately, that's really all you could do. And uh, I, uh, since I'm going to be fair here because we've just shit on the guy mercilessly, but like the Yankees have been on a good run, and I'm going to tip my cap to Aaron Boone, um, you know, because he's a manager. You know, he's got his finger on the pulse. You know, I don't think the guys hate him or anything like that. So you know, they put a, put together a good stretch of games here. It's only fair that you give the man credit um, for contributing to that. So I tip yeah, the cap. And, and everything he's been dealing with. Just there's no other team that's been as afflicted by by COVID and injuries collectively as the Yankees this year. Now maybe that's part of their their own doings, not following X number of protocols. I, I don't know the specifics on that, right? But you can't do anything about the injuries. And since the day Boone took over, this is just the adversity he's dealt. And I know every team deals with injuries, but it just feels like we're hit harder by it every single year. And this year it's not even the nagging muscle injuries that you'd point to the strength and conditioning, right? I mean, you've, you've had some brutal, like Glaber today, sliding into second base and jamming his thumb, potentially fucking up a ligament. Like that's not a, a, a conditioning issue. That's just something that happens in the moment. You had all these guys getting COVID. That's, that's not on the strength and conditioning team. So to Boone's credit, he's definitely kept the morale up and they, they've started playing better, but, it's going to be such a tall order for them to keep this this momentum going for at least another five or six weeks. Not without reinforcements, anyway. Yeah, and and reinforcements may just be in in the form of availability of guys they already have. Right, it's too late to go out and and trade for anyone additional. You just need people to get healthy, people to stop getting COVID. You need people to. Stay stay healthy, really. So it's not even people who are hurt coming back. It's people who are in the lineup right now. We can't afford to lose more people. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, at that point, you're legitimately going to like AAA players. Yeah, and, and which I don't you know, see not how, how that's like, sustainable. Yeah, no, I mean. Um, but let, let's wrap up the show tonight. Looking ahead to what we have in the upcoming week, the Yankees hit the road as soon as the game was over tonight to head to Kansas City. They got three games against the Royals. It's the end of what you would consider the the underbelly of their schedule, right? They had games against the Marlins, Orioles, Mariners, and now the Royals. Three winnable games in Kansas City before... Uh, yeah, it's a 48-win team. Like, they're bad. Yeah, you know, they're yeah not... and, and, then, and then you have... The schedule starts, starts becoming a little more difficult. You got three games against the White Sox. Thursday is the, the Field of Dreams game in Dyersville, Iowa, in the cornfield. They're off on Friday. Then they go to Chicago and actually play at the White Sox home stadium Saturday and Sunday. White Sox have been a phenomenal team. Just put the hurt on, on the Cubs on Sunday Night Baseball tonight. And 
I don't know the timetable. Um, oh, no, I do know the timetable. Uh, Luis Roberts coming back, too. So he will be back by the time the Yankees play. And that sucks because he's really good. <laughs> That's phenomenal. That's exactly what you want, right? They're getting guys back, and we're losing more guys by the minute. But yeah. that Thursday game is going to be wild. Who who the hell knows what to expect? I don't even uh, know if and, they have if you know, they have an actual fence. I think the no, corn is literally the the boundary, like like the the movie Field of Dreams. Yeah, I, I don't quite know how that's going to work out, but um, I mean, Yankees have mostly pretty competent outfielders. You know, Judge we know is very good. You know, Gardner and Gallo and even Stanton. I would find it really hard to believe if the Yankees played Stan in the outfield for the um, Field of the Dreams game just because they're, like, being protective of him, rightfully so. But, you know, not that the Yankees have good outfielders. So, I mean, if it's a corn corn boundary or whatever, then it is what it is. Like, the White Sox are plenty good and strong enough to hit home runs no matter what the, the outfield wall looks like. And also, by the way, we're talking about White Sox. Elo Jimenez hit two home runs tonight, and he's back, and that sucks for the Yankees even more. <laughs> so things are all clearly looking up, as you can tell by the tone of our pod tonight. The good news is that if they can get through that series, mostly okay. They have, you know, that's that's next week, and then you have some more I guess, directly meaningful, important games. You have one game against the Angels, who are always bad somehow, and then you have three games against the Red Sox. In two days, one of those is the is the, the makeup game for when the Yankees had the first wave of COVID players. Um, so the first game right out of the All-Star break that got canceled, it's going to be made up. The first day of that series, you play two seven-inning games. So plenty of opportunity to gain on Boston, but they got to get at least some of these guys back. By then, you got to continue to keep the momentum up. You got to hope that Boston continues to struggle. I don't know if we're going to see Chris Sale in one of those games. That would kind of suck if he's back and, and dealing like he used to pre Tommy John. But I mean, the, the Red Sox, I mean, he's generally, you know, one of their best pitchers when he's pitching. So, but the Red Sox always, the Red Sox always line it up so he pitches against the Yankees. And he always, for his career, has pitched really well against the Yankees. So, Yep. So I that, find it hard fun. to believe the Red Sox will go out of their way to to prevent that from happening. And, and then, if you can get past that hill, the Yankees would then welcome in the Twins. And then after that, I think they go to Atlanta, who's a pretty decent team. But there are winnable games on the schedule in in, in the month of August. They just got to be able to to grind out this injury and COVID wave they're dealing with. They've got to be able to get some more hits with runs in the scoring position. But ultimately, sitting here recording August 8th, I feel a lot better about our chance to make the playoffs than I did two weeks ago, right before we went out and, and, and acquired Gallo, right before the trade deadline when we got Rizzo and Heaney, before Boston collapsed, before this team started ripping off tons of games. Now, another win series even then, but I think losing three out of four at Fenway kind of put a sour taste in my mouth. And then they they finished the road trip in Tampa, swept the Marlins. You didn't really think much about beating the Marlins. And they, like I mentioned at the beginning here, losing that first game of the, of the Baltimore series and the way they did, I kind of thought, well, that's it. They had, a, they had a nice little stretch, but this team still isn't for real. But 
a week later, they're in it. Now, I can't say for sure if they're going to ultimately make the playoffs, how much they miss it if they do. But right now, they're as close as they've been. And there's some momentum. And we got to keep riding that out. Yeah. You know, and they were finally able, you know, over this good stretch, they're finally able to get away from like, oh, we're just going to hover, like, hover within like three or four games of 500. You lose two or three, and then you go back. Like, they were putting together a stretch. They were 12 games up on 500 yesterday. Like, like they were really starting to build some momentum. Um, it just feels like there's a new thing, a new gut punch every every day. But, like, I don't know. If we're trying to spin it positive, right? I'll, we'll go positive here as we start to wind down. But, like, you know, they've done so much shit. This They had to deal with so much shit, right? They offensively were dead for the first whatever many games, you know, this season. They don't score many runs. And Boone kind of said something like this, too. Like, they're so used to playing these close, tough games that at the very least, they're not going to be phased by it. You know, you might not always be impressed by their response in any given situation. Um, it might be disappointing in certain points, but, like, they're not phased, I don't think, by these close games, and they've kind of been playing desperate baseball for a good chunk of the season to this point. So um, I think as you get down to the nitty-gritty of it, you know, they're going to be in a good frame of mind um, to play the meaningful games down the stretch here. Yeah, you, you mentioned the close games. The Yankees actually have the best record in baseball in one and two run games this year. Of course, the Mariners had like the third or fourth, and we beat them in the first three games, which were decided by one or two runs. And then today, which was also decided by two runs, they, they got one of those to their credit. But I'd like to see us just go out and punish someone, right? Those two games against Baltimore, I know it's Baltimore. Those are fun. Those are stress-free. They won... The games, what was it, 13-1 and then 10-2 to or something like that? Those yeah. were fun games, and they're not going to pound teams like that 20 to 30 times a year, but occasionally mix in one of those rather than these stressful games because this week, even when, the, when they beat Seattle the first three games of the series, every game was stressful. Every night you're sitting there screaming at your television set when they blow opportunity after, after opportunity. Yeah, they came back and won those games, and they, they got the hits when they needed to, but there was opportunities for them to just put them away early and then just coast to a win. Like teams in the past we've seen, you get a couple of runs early, maybe you hit a three on home run in the first inning, get some good pitching. Maybe you stress out a tight spot in the sixth or seventh inning with a reliever putting men on base, but you get through that fine. But it, it's, it's so stressful to be sitting on every pitch every single time the opponent's up because you figure, well, if they score one or two runs here, we're done. That That's a shitty feeling. And it'd be nice to get away from that. Yeah. I mean, so, I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna segue into, like, my own seemingly unofficial segment at this point, which is me picking a player, non-arbitrarily picking a player, and just, like, complaining about them. And you already mentioned his name on the show once already, like, I'm going to talk about DJ LeMahieu. And you said, I think the word you used was disappointing. Like, disappointing is probably doing it, you know, doing him a service, right? He's been really fucking bad this year. Yeah. Like, he's been really, really just horrible to watch. 
like in the group chat we call him DJ Leground out. Like, you know what? He won a batting title. That's wonderful. It was a weird season. Like, he's been very good. He's hit it with runners in scoring position. He's been very good since he came over here. But, like, even if you were due some regression from your batting title season, How I, is it this I would hard? understand that. You can't be 110 points worse than you were last year in your batting average. Like, you can't go from hitting line drives to right field. He's not even a home run hitter. Right. It's like, oh, yeah. Does the dead ball affect him? Yeah, probably a little bit in some way. But you can't go from hitting line drives to just grounding out every goddamn game like it's in in a part of the season where be like, oh, well, you know, you got Stanton, you got Judge, you got Gallo. And now you got Rizzo. You're going to want to have guys on base for these guys like he's just he's he's been really, really annoyingly bad this year. And it's it, it's yeah that's that's my thing i'm I, I'm and this just, has been things DJ i hate LeMay, he, DJ LeMay gets he gets the spotlight today he gets my my just complaining today he's been really fucking bad this year and it's 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 really really at, at it yeah i, I can't <laughs> no that 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 pretty much sums it up if there's one player who has has hurt the yankees the most this year just in not maintaining their production from previous years a case could be made for a glaber torres but it's it's very easily dj lemayhu you're right in that he's not going to be expected to repeat his top four mvp performance year over year he's not that guy he's not a mike trout level player where you're going to expect him to get mvp votes every single year but the fall off this year it's just, it's been egregious, and I hate to say it because I've been pushing this off from jumping on this ship, but it's at a point where he can't bat leadoff anymore. I get he's your quote-unquote on-base guy. He's the guy who's going to get hits, but he's not. And at a certain point, when are you waiting for him to regress or I should say ascend to the mean here, right? Or are you just going to accept would be that like, this is who he is this year? If... And, you know, people, you know, there's lots of sort of stuff that you, a lot of different ways you could go with it, right? Like, if Glaber's hurt now, then, you know, Glaber's been batting in that, you know, five, six, seven range a lot. Um, it really depends on who comes back and when they come back, you know. But I would just, yeah, I mean, he's, it, you know, the Yankees don't need help grounding out. They don't need help grounding into double plays. They have power hitters. They have slow runners, like. You know, you don't need a guy who's going up there and it's like a guaranteed ground ball in front of your big hitters. Like, so I, if if I was going to do it, if I was to move him out of the leadoff spot, I'd probably move him down to that like six or seven range and then just move everyone up, right? Judge bat leadoff, you know, and then uh, you go on from there, right? That's kind of the you know with the way they've been they're doing the lineup. I would just if you're going to move him out of the leadoff, I would just move him down to like that six or seven and just move everyone else up. Yeah, judge leadoff is, is is a weird spot, but I mean, we I already talked it, about it. For sure. Stinks with runners on base anyway, so I, that that's that's a conversation for another part. Be <laughs> 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 ranting about judge in the clutch. Yeah, but I think uh, I think we can we can wrap things up right there for for tonight. Again, the Yankees definitely in a better spot right now than than they were a week or so ago albeit dealing with COVID and injuries, but 
there is a path for them to to get into a playoff position. They just got to keep keep grinding away. So for Andrew and for G tonight, this has been the Bronx Bomber Babble Podcast. Catch you next time.